Hello and welcome to the Fossil Arcade Podcast. I'm Graham and I'm back again with Alex. Hello. How are you doing, Alex? Not too bad. Uh, it was my birthday quite recently. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I yeah, and I managed to pick up uh, Link's Awakening for the Switch. Oh, yeah, I've just, um, I've been playing that for a few weeks now and I'm nearly finished with it. I've just scratched the surface, so I've barely played any of it. Um, but I've never played the original either. Oh, right, so right. it's all a new discovery to me. Um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm loving the graphical style. I know that it's got a reputation for some of the harder puzzle elements and kind of not knowing what to do next. And mm. I've stumbled upon one or two quite near to the beginning of just not knowing where I should go and revisiting areas more times than I probably should have. I feel like the only t- advice I could give you is just be like really exhaustive. Yeah. And like if you haven't explored somewhere or if you think you've gone like as far as you can possibly go, double check and use that telephone feature as well because you can go to like the telephone houses yeah. and like get tips and things. Um, I feel like I kind of like prefer the original, to be honest with you, but right. maybe that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's still early days for the Fossil Arcade podcast. In the first episode, we did our music quiz, and we are planning to do another quiz in the future, but we kind of need um, Ben to be here as well for that. So it's just myself and Alex today. So we decided that, seeing as Alex and I are both um, big PlayStation VR fans, and it's the three-year anniversary of the PlayStation VR's release this month, we just have a little reflection on our kind of experiences and opinions on the PlayStation VR and see what we think of you know its time so far and where we would like it to go in the future and that will you know not be limited to but also include discussions of what games we feel would make a good kind of vr port especially stuff that we might have seen in arcades that could be given a new lease of life um through the headset uh, between the two of us alex was the the big proponent of vr when it first came out i know you um you know you you built up to it over a lot a long, yeah. long time and when it first came out, you got like all, all manner of different games. Everything, yeah. <laughs> so just give us a quick run through of like your introduction of, of the VR. Um, well, I've always been interested in the, the concept of VR. Never tried one in my life. Not that there were many to try. But through watching films and reading sci-fi novels and just the concept of VR, always found attractive. Really wanted to try it. Just assumed it had gone away years ago never gave it a second thought really it's the kind of thing that pops up every now and then mm. and then fails and then goes away again i think a lot of people were expecting that that's what was going to happen with the psvr and other vr headsets when they when they emerged they were just going to be a flash in the pan so yeah i got really excited about it and i remember um it it came out again like you say it was in october so it was around by my birthday so i saved a load of money and then you know, kind of said oh everyone give me money for my birthday so i can just funnel it all into this playstation vr and went whole hog into it you know vr two move controllers um loads of different games and i booked about two days off work i think because it came i think it came out on a thursday and so i is that right you already said what a long long weekend did you but yeah i thought to myself oh yeah i'll have you know i'll take some time off work and really get into it and um kind of not factoring in the horrific motion sickness that you can get from playstation vr just thinking yeah i'll play for for 12 hours a day (laughs) So having been like so excited to get it, um, how did it? How well do you feel it's integrated into your regular gaming like lifestyle over the last three years? Because obviously, I think it's fair to say anybody who buys one of these headsets, myself included, the first couple of months, it's very kind of high intensity usage yeah. where you put it on almost every single day um, and play an hour or two if you can. But over time, 
like with anything you get, you know, things tend to kind of fall away. But with uh, with the VR, because it is such um, a commitment, really, with with some people, you might have to move furniture or, mm-hmm. you know, put, put time aside where um, family or pets aren't going to be around. Do you feel like it's integrated well into your gaming life um, just generally? I it's kind of a yes and no um and and probably more weighted towards no sadly and the reason for that is when i first got it i lived in a flat there wasn't much space at all for for setting up a view i had a coffee table you came around and tried it you know i had a coffee table right in front of your legs so and stretching out your arms one side you'd hit a window and the other side was open air so you were kind of okay um but yeah you'd hit a window so things like office simulator i never played because right. I just knew. it limited the kind of games you might yeah. get into i played a few demos where i'd need to reach something and i'd reach out for it and i'd hit the wall in the yeah. flat so it's a whole new meaning I yeah like the, i couldn't the demo reach thing. Yeah. you're actually literally demoing it like can i physically play it rather yeah. than yeah yeah do i just enjoy it out of pure necessity now um so so yeah there were there were those problems then i moved house about a year ago and now i do have a lot more room um which is great and so that's part. That's partly probably seen a resurgence in my interest in VR. Mm. Now I've got the extra room. But I'd say over the three years, it's come in sort of fits and bursts. Sometimes I suppose maybe based around the games that are releasing. You know, yeah, a I new think a game lot, would come yeah. out, and you'd get very into it. I think with you, it was with um, Resident Evil uh, mm. Seven, where uh, where you know, you'd get that and you'd play it every night for weeks because you were just so engrossed in it. But f- but the main detractor for me is I have an original PlayStation VR release day. Yes. And you've got the you know, kind of version 1.2, I suppose you might call it, um, the, the slight successor that they, they made. Yeah. And the problem with mine is, is the breaker box um, will not send through the HDR image um, between the PlayStation and the TV. Yeah. So if you're running off a PlayStation into a 4K TV and you have that old box there, it blocks yeah. that altogether, which means you have to then disconnect that VR unit to get the full advantage of your PlayStation, especially for you when you've got PlayStation Pro. I've got a PlayStation 4 Pro and I've got a 4K TV, so I want to take advantage of those, the HDR and, and everything else included. How soon after the release of the VR was it that they released the, the 2.0 that I have? Because obviously my version has a, a new breaker box where it passes through HDR yeah. seamlessly. I don't have to do any disconnection at all. And they also limit, they've reduced the wires by a factor of one for the new VR as well. So there's like a little bit less setup for yeah. me too. Um, I can't remember. I want to say it was about 18 months. Right. I feel like they should have done a service to their early adopters and at least offer the breakout box in like a trade-in service so you could send your breakout box away and maybe pay a small fee and get a replacement or just I'd be have paid, able to, yeah. to buy the, yeah. the the second the 2.0 breaker box on its own i mean i'm not as so naive to believe that sony would offer you it for free but i think they could have done something there when it first came out i'd have paid i'd have probably paid about 50 pounds for that breaker box i see that's a lot but i understand your your conundrum because if you have a 4k television and then you want to use your ps4 pro to play like 4k games and then the vr is in the way you know it, it wears you down doesn't it yeah and it, it now it, it takes planning if I want to play yeah. VR. Um, I, I can't just plug the headset in and think to myself, oh, I'll do 20 minutes on such and such game. After all that setup, I, I want to play it for a few hours. To make it worth it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I might leave it set up for that weekend, say, 
And if I did have the same setup you've got where I, I could unplug everything but just plug the headset in when I want to play, I, I would definitely be on it a lot more. Yeah, because for me, having bought it a little bit after you, um, just to give my own background on the PlayStation VR, when you first um, got your headset and I tried it, I was very enthralled by it, but I said at the time that I wouldn't buy my own because I didn't feel like the, the technology was quite there. Yeah. As it happened, um, I was fortunate enough to, to win um, some Amazon vouchers back in 2018, so a little bit over a year now, and I just decided that if I could get the VR headset for free with these vouchers then that would be really great, and it, that enabled me to do that. So my perspective on the VR is, is probably a little bit different from a lot of people because I didn't pay anything, really, for the headset. Yeah. Of course, I could have used those vouchers on something else, but, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't hurt me to get it. And I have the, the version where it's no more complex for me to plug the headset in than it would be to plug my phone into a charging cable or a controller into an old retro console. It's just literally one cable, and it's done. I do still need to have, like, time set aside yeah. in a way especially because my cat, um, whose, whose name is Kabuki, is very fond of wires and chewing them. So not only would I not put the headset on and, and not be able to see him, because he might get a kick, a foot to the face, <laughs> he, he loves to chew that PlayStation cable. And my biggest bugbear with the VR headset is that the cable that connects it from the headset to the PS4 is not detachable from the headset. So if you break that cable, you've broken headset and i just wish they would have made it a proprietary cable which you could replace so if you if you get a snag or a tear or break in that wire then you could fix it without having to buy a whole new headset um in terms of how i play it when i first got it i got super hot vr and not long after that i got resident evil and then not long after that i had astrobot and i found that for the first sort of five six months or so i was getting one vr game a month and completing it within that month and then i'd have you know the next month would come along and that rolled on for quite a while but then in 2019 i felt like i'd kind of exhausted the back catalog of games which had built up between it being released and me buying it so there hasn't been as much this year no. to really excite me the only major things that have come out for playstation vr was blood and truth and no man's sky beyond the update and i wasn't really impressed with either of them to be honest with you. I think you did buy your VR headset at a really good time. Mm. They were, they, the back catalogue had built up quite well. There were some really good titles. You know, when I got mine, everything, most things were a little bit tech demo-y. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, and it was great fun, and it was really good for showing off to friends and family. Uh, that was probably where I got my most enjoyment out of it initially seeing other people use it yeah than than sitting playing it on my own the kind of the longer games well there weren't really many of them and they weren't that engrossing by holding off i think you had did probably have the better overall experience yeah i think in my opinion the best overall vr game is probably resident evil 7 um because it, it's traditional enough that anybody can really just pick it up and play it and, and understand how it's supposed to be used rather than having to kind of adjust to VR too much. And it's really, really immersive. Like, it's truly mm. a terrifying game. Yeah. And res besides the VR, Resident Evil 7 is one of the best Resident Evil games anyway. And probably behind that very closely, I would say the Superhot VR and Astrobot Rescue Mission are yeah. really, really high-quality games. So there's definitely enough there that anybody who's, who's slightly interested in VR would probably feel they get their money's worth out of these games, especially given that these days you can buy 
um, the Mega Pack bundle, the PlayStation deal, where you get the headset and five games, and it's like 200 quid. It's an absolute steal now. Yeah, you VR. get like Skyrim, and you get Resident Evil 7, and uh, you get Astro Bot in there as well. Um, you could pick it up on a whim now. It didn't used to yeah. be like that. You, know, you had to plan, you had to really be passionate about it and want one, and probably to have tried it. Um, but yeah, you could just pick it up on a whim now. Our favourite games. Um, I know that Superhot's high on your list. Yeah, I think Astro Bot's got the number one slot. They're great to watch other people play. When you, when somebody's in the room playing Superhot, anybody else who can watch them on the television is probably going to have almost as much fun because it's just a great time to kind of enjoy the kind of slight humiliation factor of how ridiculous <laughs> you look in VR. But also, Superhot is really intense. Um, you know, if anybody doesn't know, it's like this puzzle action game where you, you assailants are coming to kill you but they only move and attack when you physically move yourself so if you stay perfectly still somebody who's coming at you with a gun or a knife will be frozen in suspended animation or then you have the opportunity to kind of move out of their way and and dodge them and it's this kind of like progressively more intense action puzzle game so it's very entertaining to just watch somebody play it and, and offer them advice but the thing i, I was going to say is that our favorite games are not multiplayer and it feels like this is there's a gap yep. in VR where they've done a bit of um, kind of asymmetric multiplayer with the PlayStation, with the, the VR Playroom. Yeah, Playroom VR um, is a great experience with uh, another couch player. Uh, I think what, what's so much fun about that is that you're all working together and you're all shouting. Um, sometimes the other people sat on the city actually have controllers and they interact with mm. the game itself. Uh, and it's that kind of nice interaction that at the time really sold VR because you could play it with complete non-gamers, even people who said, I don't want to touch the headset. or People who maybe can't wear the headset even for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and parents and grandparents who probably have no interest in playing a game, it's at that level of almost like a quiz or a board game where it really is accessible to everyone. Um, and yeah, definitely had some really fun experiences with playing Yeah, VR. I just wish it was a little bit more robust. And that's the thing where it's like, where Astrobot was going to have a two-player mode, the Astrobot kind of demo is in a Playroom VR, yeah. and you you play that two-player. So it's a shame that they didn't kind of just keep that in a way. Um, this is the thing that over the whole kind of year and a half that I've had the VR, I've kind of been wanting a robust multiplayer experience, and we've kind of had a couple which have been fine to experiment with, but nothing like that's really set the world on fire. There's a free one called Rec Room on the PlayStation VR, which you can also get on Oculus, I think, where um, it's just a free-to-play mini-game, sort of uh, a social club, for lack of a better word. And yeah. there's all other VR players in there. And you can just play, like, disc golf or, like, a paintball thing. And it's okay, but it doesn't feel completed. It feels like a demo, like something that's in production. And given that it's free, it's like, well, what more do you want? That's absolutely fine, but the fact is that it just didn't really hold our attention like together. It was quite all. clunky, and and it, in some parts it was quite hard to know how to trigger the events together. It felt like it it, it had been designed primarily for Oculus, really, and not for yeah. PlayStation VR. So it was kind of like when you use the Move controllers, which don't have a thumbstick on, you don't really feel immersed so much. And I found I found when we got into the activities, we would often say, "Are you here?" what are you seeing on your screen and and mm. it was confusing as to whether we were actually in the same lobby sometimes and as you say it's because it's free so it, it probably had some quirks and kinks to, to be knocked out definitely yeah 
We also played No Man's Sky in VR. I was just going to bring this up, and I think it's worth us discussing it. Yeah, I mean, this was... No Man's Sky obviously has a very trepidatious history, but after being out for, like, what is it, about three years as well, right? They've been giving it all these free updates, and it's very commendable that um, Hello Games have, have offered all this free um, content, really, and Beyond has a VR component. But in this was my first time playing No Man's Sky. I hadn't touched it at all before I heard that it was getting VR. So I thought, okay, this is a good time to like jump in. It's it's past its kind of rocky phase. They fixed it over these throughout these firmware updates, and now it's got VR. It couldn't be a, there could not be a better time to start playing this game. But I found that very quickly, it's a it's a very clear case of um, quantity over quality. Yeah. And while No Man's Sky launched and was you know berated for its lack of content, the content that was there at launch also didn't really work very well was another one of the complaints. And although it's been through years and they've added all this new stuff, the problems are now just more numerous. Like, yes, there's more things to do, but no one part of it works particularly well either. So yeah. it's like the same complaints that were there on day one that it doesn't work very well are still there. It's just that you've got a lot more ways to experience that lack of competency <laughs> in its gameplay. And one of them is the VR. Well, I think we, we jumped into it, didn't we, kind of like pretty much day one with the VR. Um, on No Man's Sky. We were quite excited. There'd been quite a build-up to it. Mm. Probably over, I don't know, six months to a year, probably. Of, but they of... rumoured it themselves. They were always murmuring about it, and then they announced it, like, yeah, about six months yeah. ahead of time. So we'd been discussing it, I think, for a while, probably following rumours and saying, yes, that would be great. Maybe this will be the long-term multiplayer VR game that we get, you know, we sink our time into. Yeah, we could play it, like, once a week and build a little base or, like, you know... Yeah. Just, just have a fun, like, chill-out time. Yeah, friends adventuring together through space <laughs> would have been great. But we started it, and I think the first time we played it, sadly enough, was actually the best. <laughs> and, we, we <laughs> and we had numerous glitches, but they weren't game-breaking, mm. was, was the point. So... We started it straight away and you were in hysterics because my arm was sort of twisting throughout my entire body. And if I moved a certain way, my character's, my character's body would start to lie down. It was like your head and... would move, but your feet were staying in place and stuff like that. And your body was like stretching. Yeah, it was very disturbing. Mm. And, and, you know, similar things happened to you. But they were kind of almost comical they glitches. were amusing glitches it, it, yeah. where you feel like oh i'll give this the, the benefit of the doubt and in a few weeks they'll patch it and all this yeah. kind of cosmetic stuff can be fixed but when you're walking along in vr and you fall through the geometry of the world and you oh, just and keep you falling <laughs> that, that happened to me three times and i was just like <laughs> no no i'm not doing it. it's just like it's it's jarring in any game it's really yeah. just you know and my um my girlfriend was was big on no man's sky when i got it um but she was playing one day she's flying through space this was not in vr <laughs> but her, her spacecraft just disappeared and her player character was just left <laughs> in space just like with no spaceship around and she instantly died God. um so she quit the game after that after about 24 hours of playing it you know like accumulatively she was she was done yeah. you had other things where i would be flying through space and in vr my spaceship would just spontaneously twist 90 degrees and just go from flying in one direction just snap and be off in another direction oh. and we had times where it would say that alex and i were in the same place and i couldn't see you we'd be stood on the same rock wouldn't we or something like that or a monument and say well i'm here and it was it was the amount of time wasted 
was the issue. Where yes, because you get the VR out, like to, you were saying. Yeah. You set it all up. You might have 10 minutes of, of actual enjoyment where we were together in a level trying to progress something, and then it would kick us out of each other's game, and we wouldn't be able to load back in, no matter what we did. And so we'd kind of have to just agree to, right, let's switch that off. Let's, yeah, that's that's an hour and a half wasted of our day, yeah. basically. And uh, so that was, that was quite annoying. Yeah, we don't really, we haven't really gone back to it. We might more than maybe if we heard it had all been cleared up, but I don't think we are going to hear that. With the VR update, uh, Beyond came in 2.0, and yeah. they're on 2.14 now. So it's had 14 updates since it came out, but I was still playing it up to 2.09, and it was still unbearable. Yeah. But what I was going to say was, we, we're kind of talking a few negatives about No Man's Sky. Um, when it did work, I did have a lot of fun. There are addictive qualities I mean, to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is fun to be had somewhere. That first playthrough where it did work and we did get a decent amount of time in was really good and I really enjoyed it and it actually filled me with a lot of hope for the future of that game with us playing it. Um, so it was quite sad where that it didn't pan out. Um, I liked the controls. Any of the parts where I would go into a little module or a base or something and you would be jumping up and flying past the window and just doing stupid things like that was hilarious it was it was good fun to, to go move on to a positive though yes. the one game you and i have both played um where it was multiplayer uh, and we just couldn't get enough of it was wipeout omega collection oh great fun there yeah yeah brilliant it's, ju it's just the same wipeout game but in in vr and like any game i really feel like adding in a multiplayer element to it just 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 it gives it such so much more life um, so playing it online in VR and knowing that like you know we were both in that very kind of immersive environment just made it so much more fun. It played really well. You hope that things will transition well into VR, but you you don't know until you try it. Um, and Wipeout worked. I I probably preferred it in VR than I did any other Wipeout I've played. Right. Because it didn't really make me motion sick at all, but you'd think it would. Uh, but it still had really exciting parts where you're flying up the side, vertically. At the side of a building and you kind of fly straight over the top when you reach the, the, the very top and it was really exhilarating in vr mm. almost sickening like almost made you want to throw up but not quite they just got it just right but it's kind of like a roller coaster sort of thing where you want to the tummy churn thing you kind yeah of, that's you've the got the adrenaline yeah you've got the adrenaline and every time you went up that vertical um building i got the same experience i got that same feeling um, and it kind of, we, I remember us doing a tournament of, we didn't think it was going to be so many, but it ended up being about 12 or 15 yeah. races. We just couldn't put it down. No, and it, but it was still fun. We got to the end of those races and we were still enjoying it. It, it didn't get it monotonous, didn't, didn't get boring, no. Any of its, any of its appeal, no. Um, and I think, yeah, you're probably better at Wipeout than me. Um, well, I had it for a bit longer, was the only yeah. difference, I think. You, you got it on the PlayStation Plus, didn't you? So you got it in yeah. the free, kind of, but included in the subscription. It was actually, I bought it just before I had the headset, so it was actually yeah, the first right. game, I, game I got, but I wasn't able to play it multiplayer until you got it sometime later when it came free on the on the service. So yeah, so I think I think as we were playing, we didn't always see each other that much because there was a, a slight difference in, in the skill level. But any time you would have a, a neck and neck kind of finish or you'd attack each other and, and manage to, to get past one another. Uh, it was just so much more fun in VR and being able to look out the side of the ship and see, see your ship alongside mine. Mm -hmm. 
I think part of it is the depth as well, because you can see the distance. So if you see the finish line, mm. and you kind of see the noses of your ships and you can see, OK, I'm just about going to get there. That's I don't know. I just think that's way more exciting. And it's like if I bump you in a racing game, I've just bumped you. But if I bump into you or fire a rocket at you in Wipeout VR and it hits you, I know that I've caused some visual turmoil literally to you <laughs> because your ship is going to like bounce and, and like react to that explosion. And there's just something so much more visceral about that. Yeah. And that's the thing is that in a way, Wipeout, the online multiplayer sort of teases you a bit because we've had some online multiplayer that's been successful there. And I just want more of that. We mentioned earlier that you can get PlayStation VR pretty cheap now in the Mega Pack, and I think mm -hmm. Wipeout is actually one of the games that they're currently yeah. including in that. I think part of the reason the Mega Pack exists is because you have Oculus Quest now, mm -hmm. which is this entirely 100% portable, free of any encumberment of a computer. You can just have the headset and controllers, take it anywhere, install games onto it. And obviously there's a, a trade-off there in, in the fidelity of the games or how much you can have. But the fact that you can literally have a portable VR headset um, that costs a, about 500 quid is a real competitor to PlayStation VR. Before they were offering VR and you'd need a PS4, which would be plus 200 quid, and you'd need the headset, which was going to be probably about 250 without any games at all. And you need the proprietary PlayStation Move controllers, which cost about 70 pounds for two anyway. That's a lot of money. And now you've got this £500 Quest thing. If you've got a casual user, £500, and you can play Super Hot like, in your back garden, and it's probably far more freeing than having to set up a bunch of cables or move furniture for the PlayStation VR. With that competition in mind, what things do you think PlayStation needs to do, or what games specifically would you like to see to breathe new life into PSVR in 2020 and keep it more than a novelty because we know they've said that the headset as it is now is going to work with the five yeah which is great because i don't want to have to buy a new headset as well as a new playstation but i need to know that it's going to mean something and not just be backwards compatibility really because although that's important what's the new hotness you know what's the new thing yeah that we're going to be playing and ideally can you and i play it together mm. well in terms of what they need to do I do think they need to, to release a new headset. I think they need to lose the wires, which is very feasible. I don't think it needs to be portable. I don't think you, it needs to be standalone. Uh, you can play it in a field, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because, only speaking for myself, but I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would play it anywhere except in the house. I'd do it and, with friends. I wouldn't do it alone. Yeah, exactly. you get but, mugged for one thing. Yeah. But I'm not so meaning so much about playing outside even. I mean, like, I wouldn't pack it in a bag and take it to a hotel if I was staying overnight somewhere. Hmm. I would, I'd take my Switch for that probably. To me, it really purpose. depends on the game. Um, yeah. Whether or not I'd play it on the go. And I think, yeah, if I had somebody with me um, who could play along with me, because that's the thing with the, with the Quest as well, is that you could play with two people, I think. Yeah. If you can connect together. Um, I think if that, in that situation, maybe I would. Um, but it's, it's more that I could take it to your house sort of thing. I could pick up the quest and take yes. it over to you and we'd have two in the same place or vice versa. And I think you're right that if they if they copied some of what the quest can do in a wireless capacity and have it be wireless from a PS5, it would be far less encumbered, uh, easier to use. And although it wouldn't be portable, perhaps I would be able to bring a headset to you, connect it to one PS5 perhaps, and play some... Obviously, they'd be 
lower graphical fidelity, but you'd be able to play something where we're together in some yeah. small way, even if it's just like you know fantasy air hockey or some sort of very low grade fantasy mini golf game. It would just be fun to have that as like an option. Yeah, I think I think they. So yeah, lose the wires is is the main thing, especially mm. for me on my base level one where it's such a pain to set up. Definitely a big thing to me. But I agree with you, need to improve um, the multiplayer aspect. Um, and I also think maybe almost make less of when the, a game does have a VR mode, less of a thing of, oh, it has this VR mode, but it's a cut down of the main game, which you get with a lot of games. It's like we've yeah. had in, in Battlefront, the uh, Star Wars Battlefront, they gave us a VR mission, an X-Wing mission. Um, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. But we don't have, for some reason, we've gone years after that and they haven't made a fully-fledged VR um, Star Wars game where you can fly an X-Wing in various missions and it would just be fantastic if you and I could both hop in an X-Wing or yeah. one of us in a TIE fighter and just play it together. It just seems like a no-brainer, that sort of thing. Well, what I would like to see is I'd like to see that, you know, then you'd never have this for every game, but I'd like to see them release games and that game is also playable in VR, like Resident Evil 7. Yes. Um, like that. Not not some, oh, it's got a VR mode and we've made one scenario which which does all the cheesy VR things just mm. to make you want to play it in VR. It's, no, here's a game. Play it standard if you like. If you've got a VR headset, play it in VR. And I think that would sell more VR headsets than the gimmicky extra modes. They've got Medieval. A remake out mm. this month or in a few weeks time and you know you don't need to play it in vr but if you could that would just be really fun right tetris effect is a good example of this where it's a game that it has a vr an optional vr element where you can play the whole game in vr and you don't have to but it just adds an extra layer to it and it's a shame with stuff like skyrim if you want to play skyrim in vr you've literally got to buy skyrim again they have to have a second copy. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't they just have that as like a patch or have it just be one thing that you mm. buy? Or I think they need to kind of improve accessibility of the VR. Uh, what I mean by that is if you go onto the PlayStation Store, it feels a little bit buried, uh, the PlayStation VR section. And when you go into that section, um, it's quite, a, quite hard to find new yeah. things and kind of like mm. what you're looking for. It always feels very introductory. Like it's just introducing you to VR has a very nice big graphic for that but you don't actually you don't penetrate it and get down to like the nitty-gritty like well where do i find the stuff for me yeah and everything's kind of mixing together and there are some really good little experiences in vr that they have on there um you know animated films and things like that where you're in the animation i love all that sort of stuff and i suppose something that could also boost um and promote vr would be Put, make, put in some of the little VR sections onto Blu-ray discs when they get released, if there was some tie-in they could do. I mean, I guess maybe it would only be able to be on Sony Pictures films. But if you've got the new Spider-Man film coming out, they made that Spider-Man little VR mode. Oh, right. Well, why not, why not put that on the disc so that if you're playing it on, through a PlayStation, yeah, the option you can to play the VR mode? Because you can watch the film in yeah. VR, like just tie it into, say, like the home release or something like that that would... Give you something to look for, extra to look forward to with getting your Blu-ray. So, what kind of uh, fill up game series would you be interested in seeing uh, come to PlayStation VR, or maybe have a new game if it's already on VR? Well, using kind of Resident Evil as a jumping off, off point, I like the idea that we've got an existing franchise in there that's been adapted to 
um, VR. And not that I want this to be too much of a fad, really, but I think there's an untapped well there of taking existing games and adapting them into VR, either in the form of a sequel or a remake. Yeah. Because with Resident Evil 7, it's an entirely original story, but it perfectly recreates that, that mansion atmosphere from the first game on PlayStation 1. So then to be in that in VR was, was really exciting. And I was disappointed when Resident Evil 2 didn't offer any VR option. Obviously, it's a very immaculate, graphically spectacular game, Resident Evil 2. So I get that those graphics would not be easily replicated on a VR headset, but mm. still, it would have been nice to have it as an option. I would have even been happy to pay a small DLC fee to, to add it. Yeah. But, you know, failing that, I think there are, there are some there are some arcade games which could use VR as um, a launch platform for kind of like a reboot, as it were. I know yeah. that there's a House of the Dead remake in the works at the moment. And they could easily make House of the Dead a VR game. It'd actually be fun to have a modern graphic version and also the old kind of um, 90s graphics like accessible yeah. in in VR. Similarly, I would do the same thing for Time Crisis. Yes, where, Time Crisis is on my list. You know, and that would be an easy game where you could add um, multiplayer to it, either asymmetrically or online with two headsets. And you could use the AIM controller they've already released. But yeah, I would like to see kind of some... Some games which are fun to kind of play um, over and over and get high scores with, where you can like share that experience with a second person or, or more. Um, and there's nothing wrong with kind of utilizing some recognizable names in, in that no. capacity. I've even, um, one evening, I, I for, for a laugh, I rooted in my <laughs> Super Nintendo Classic into the <laughs> VR, and I played Star Fox in VR. <laughs> Obviously, when you play... Um, a non-VR game in the VR headset. It's not 3D or anything, but it still fills your whole yeah. vision. And when I had the, the headphones on as well, there was no... It was completely like sensory deprivation around me, and I was just playing Star Fox like purely in On in a projector, like what looks like a projector Like a cinema-sized screen, yeah. screen, basically. Massive. It was great. It really was. It was fantastic. <laughs> so I'd love to see them do like old stuff. And speaking about Star Wars again, there was a vector-based Star Wars arca arcade game that's you know, well-renowned. It's one of the earliest, like, kind of big vector arcade games. I'd love to see something like that remade for, for VR. Mm. So you go in and see, like, very simplistic graphics, but, like, as though they were, like, real or present in front of you. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd just be really fun to see, like, PS1, like, or PS2, like, Time Crisis, but in VR. I'd be down for that. Oh, 100%. Top of my list is more Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we've got we've got the new film, coming out in December. It's, like, it's great timing. They've made that Vader game, haven't they? The VR. Yes, the, but it's not for PlayStation. The Oculus, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Oculus exclusive, I think. Or Would love it. to play that. But it, but it, it, it's, it's, it's an episodic game, so I, I think if you played all the episodes together, it's probably like fairly robust. But I think it's alone. It probably Each one does probably feel a little bit like a tech demo. I think I'd like to see a VR game in the Metal Gear Solid universe. Yeah. A remake of Metal Gear Solid 1, to be honest, in VR. Would that be, seems unlikely to happen with the current situation at <laughs> yeah, Konami. But would, it's, yeah, it's a dream thing. And talking of dreams, I'd like to see VR in dreams. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's supposed to come to dreams, isn't it? Yeah, and there's still not been any uh, yeah, update, as far as I know, on it's that. It's not fully released yet, yeah. is it? So No, but when that launches, that will be, maybe that will be our multiplayer Hail Mary that we've been waiting for. Perhaps. Yeah, make our own game and play it two-player. 
So yeah, I kind of have Time Crisis on my list. Uh, I think the last thing, which is a funny choice because, as you know, I was too scared to play Resident Evil 7 in VR. Mm. Um, I've put down Silent Hill VR because I used to love the Silent Hill series. I probably actually preferred it to Resident Evil. And I think it's not the same as Resident Evil. It's, it, it have, it has, it's, it's more creepy and eerie than um, jump scares. Well, with Resident Evil, it's kind of what you're seeing is the, it's the reality of the game, isn't it? You know, when the zombie comes for you, the zombie is coming for you. Whereas yeah. in Silent Hill, as I understand it, more psychological. It's psychological. So yeah, it's it's a different situation. Yeah. And in VR, they could really, you know, <sighs> push that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever played Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. That was a no. It's this big psychological horror thing where the game would pretend to like turn down the volume on your TV, <laughs> um, or it would it would just the game would pretend to corrupt your memory data. So it would just come up saying, "Oh, your memory data is corrupted now." This memory, this memory card's been wiped, and it, so it, it, there were a hand thing, handful of things that this, the game would do to you in Eternal Darkness that were like, they were very fourth wall psychological. Where it's like, if it turned on the volume on your, on your TV, you might be like, what, and then turn, crank up the volume on your TV yourself to counteract it, and then it would just blast like the sound <laughs> out at you. Um, so, in if Silent Hill went down that route in VR, that could be. Um, really interesting. I mean, I don't want people to get motion sick or anything, but if they want to, to get heavy-handed on kind of twisting your perspective and stuff, then it'd be, fair, easily it'd do be so. fair play, yeah. I don't think that it will ever happen, though, because of Konami's kind of taking such a back seat on, on games development these days. Mm. The um, the Batman Arkham VR... Mm, there's um, a little bit of that, like, isn't it? Yeah, at the end with the Joker. You're kind of like, you're looking and is he there, is he not there? But yeah, they're kind of the things that I'd like to see with um, VR. I think I am excited to see where it goes next because of the PlayStation 5. Mm. I think that if the PlayStation 5 was, let's say, it was three or four years down the line, then I don't think we'd have seen any incremental upgrade to the VR at all. But now the PlayStation 5 is releasing, it's it's their opportunity to kind of relaunch the VR in some ways. Mm. I, feel. I don't know exactly how they'll do it. You know, we discussed some ideas, but... It's a new opportunity to say to people, have you tried PlayStation VR? Uh, we've got all these new games coming out. We've got this VR version 2 without wires or something that that they might have. When they would launch it, I wouldn't like to say. I don't think it would be on launch day with the PlayStation 5 because otherwise you're going to potentially end up with a £500 to £1,000 uh, yeah. outlay. I feel like... It's a really unknown entity because mm. PlayStation VR is is certainly a success. I think it did exactly what they wanted it to do. And although I'm sure Sony would be happier if it sold 10 or 15 million instead of four, um, I wouldn't call it a failure by any stretch. I think it's, it's done very well. Um, but it doesn't fill me with confidence that, that they're going to give it a huge push um, with the next system. I'm very happy that they've said that the current headset is going to work with PlayStation 5. But I don't know if they're going to like put a big VR game out on launch to utilize that, or even a year from afterwards, are they going to do anything? Mm. I think that they probably will do a new headset at some point, though. But it would require kind of like a whole new launch. They would yeah. probably wait even till like December 2021 and have it as a whole new thing there and get a handful of games ready then. Because like you say, like it could cost an absolute fortune to have it be too close. Give it a year, see how the VR climate changes over the next two years as well. 
and they probably will do a new headset. It just depends on what games they're going to offer, and they're going to have to offer something really special, I think, because we, we're done with this. This kind of like, oh, isn't VR incredible? Like, you can, like, you know, turn the keys in your car, because, yeah, all that kind of stuff is expected, but it doesn't make a full game. And that's been my disappointment with, with stuff I've played more recently, like Blood and Truth. Yeah. It just hasn't kind of taken a step beyond what we already had. VR is, is, should be more than a novelty at this point. It should be considered a more of a standard feature. If they were doing that more frequently, then we'd have more online options as well. So I think they need a, f a few more like killer apps yeah. and maybe to get some more name brands on it. You know, not just Resident Evil 7, but like something that's kind of a must play that has VR as an option or as a, you know, as a main sequel sort of thing. And I, I think really to anyone who's listening that doesn't have a PlayStation VR but is considering picking one up, we'd both agree that you need to go out and get Astrobot, uh, Super Hot, and uh, Resident and, Evil Seven. Yeah, Resident Evil. If you could, if you got the stomach for it, Resident yeah. Evil Seven. Um, <laughs> that that didn't pop in my mind because it's too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil Seven's uh, so good. But yeah, I think yeah, those are the uh, highly recommended titles. Definitely. And yeah. and as you say, hopefully there's more to come, uh, and something multiplayer maybe you'll see us out there one day you know run around some crazy multiplayer game together so thank you for listening to the fossil arcade podcast i hope everybody enjoyed our vr discussion um thanks alex for helping me out with that thank you if you did enjoy listening to the podcast fossil arcade is also a youtube channel where you can go and watch all kinds of videos on retro video games which feature alex and i having similar talks and discussions just like this one it's interesting actually because not only can you play uh, video games in the VR headset but also you can watch 360 videos and I often pop on YouTube and watch 360 videos I've taken a tour a helicopter tour all over New York City in my VR headset and I really enjoyed it so I would be interested in the future potentially creating some 360 video content on Fossil Arcade on YouTube that would, that would then be viewable to VR users I'd love that it'd be amazing if you and I could create some VR content Check out Foss Like It on, on YouTube if you're interested. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.